We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who has been block, block, blocked. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, uh, we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, it is the beginning of the week, so we're going to start this episode out with a check-in topic before we dive into the letter. The check-in topic today is inspired by a conversation that my wife and I had about a family friend of theirs, Um, you know, without specifics. Basically, she was expressing um, that there's this older couple in her life, um, in her family, not by blood, um, that... You know, they've been a staple in her life since she was a child. She's really close with them and their children. And she was expressing how at one point in in an intimate conversation, one of the um, one of the people in the in the marriage basically told my wife that, you know, it hasn't always been easy in their marriage, you know, they're in their seventies, they've got kids that are grown grandkids and sort of expressed that like, you know, it, it, it hasn't always been easy and that there was a period in their relationship, in their marriage in which they 
you know, weren't connected, were more like roommates, were doing their own things. And she didn't know if their marriage was going to last. Like they, Mm. she just had a level of uncertainty. And um, when my wife was sharing this with me, she was expressing how this was like a pivotal shift in her perspective of this relationship and also relationships in the world because, you know, we're sold so many fallacies about romantic relationships and love and longstanding love. And, uh, and she had just assumed that they were like this very happy couple. This isn't to say that they're not a healthy partnership. You know, they have Mm -hmm. a really beautiful life together and, and many years of happiness, but it was almost like humbling to my, to my wife to hear about how, to hear the transparency, you know, the, to glimpse behind the curtain, the, the mask of this relationship to see that there are two real people behind these, uh, behind it. Mm. And, uh, this sparked a conversation between her and I, um, about, you know, the, how like (laughs) to zoom out for a second. I feel like weddings, I fucking love weddings. Um, I love them. <laughs> I love that they're romantic. I cry at every wedding, even though I don't know who, if, even if I don't know who's in it, you know? Oh my God. Same. Yes. Yeah, just like tears <laughs> in the really eyes. Do. And I'm like, this oh, is yeah. like my, a... this is like Peter's cousin. Like why, who I've like yeah, met once. Yeah. Why am I weeping? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so I love those proclamations of love. And at the same time, the wedding culture and the way we talk about partnerships and romance, you know, it's almost like we sell ourselves short or we set ourselves up poorly because we have this huge romantic day. If, if you choose to get married, um, um, we use words like forever and soulmates and till death do us fucking part. And I feel like, well, don't get me wrong. I cry. It also, it doesn't set us up for the ebbs and flows in even the healthiest relationships, even the Mm -hmm. healthiest relationships, you know, um, there are periods of connectedness and there are periods of uncertainty and there are periods of healing and unhealthiness. And there are periods of great communication, you know, great connection and growth together. And not only that, that like our, our, the purpose of our partner, changes over time in our lives and i feel like the the what is it the bill of goods <laughs> that the that uh-huh. a, that a wedding sells us is this is your person this is your 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 soul connected thing in your life and it's going to be romantic forever mm-hmm. and in reality like you know i even see the shift in my my partnership now now that my wife and i have a a child you know, all mm-hmm. of a sudden we go from being really romantic partners to like project managers and we have to really <laughs> yeah. put effort into prioritizing our romance. And uh, yeah, just wanted to bring that to the JVU table and get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, at least in my experience, there's like a generational change. Like it, there are so many times mm-hmm. when when like folks who are older than me have talked about like, you know, sometimes you just got to get your head down, like put your head down and like get to the next thing because like marriages yeah. and relationships aren't always going to be great, but like it's worth it to stay in it. And I think that there's been a lot of like 
good shift in that, right? Like, because I think that people stayed in a lot of unhealthy things because, like, divorce or whatever yeah, didn't totally. feel like an option. To make it stay together for the kids or whatever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, that's, that is, I think that there's a lot of unhealthiness in that. But I also appreciate the idea that, like, of course, relationships are going to have ebbs and flows. And if we, if we immediately get out of relationships, anytime that something ebbs, then like we're going to be set up to be going from relationship to relationship because every relationship is going to have times of, you know, we're just project managing because we got, we just had a kid or like, or it might be that like, oh, somebody's going through a mental health. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Or, you know, there may be a period where somebody's like really struggling financially and like, we got to kind of like batten down the hatches and like figure out how we're going to make yeah, this work. Can't right? have like, an expensive date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it is, you know, like that idea that I think is part of old marriage vows. That's like for better or for worse, for richer, or for poorer, for through sickness and in health, right. Where that kind of mentality I think can be helpful. Um, and of course you can go to an extreme where it's like, you're staying with somebody, even though you're like deeply unhappy and like there hasn't yeah. been. So It's curious because obviously every relationship is different, but I do think that there's like, I do think that there's like a sort of a, an appropriate middle that we need to find for ourselves around like, how do we, how do we stick with something, even though it may be crunchy or challenging while also being like, how do I recognize when something isn't working and isn't worth the work anymore? And I think for folks who are in older generations, it's easier because it's like, never leave (laughs) for like our generation (laughs) and others. It's like, well, what is it? How do we find this like medium between these two different extremes? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Which we can talk about settling if we want to talk about that too, because I will have opinions about that. (laughs) I also think, you know, and this conversation is obviously excluding instances of emotional and physical abuse or Mm -hmm. just true incompatibility. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with that being said, I'm also really interested in acknowledging that there are times in our life when the health of our relationship or more importantly, I should say, like the romance or the connectedness of our relationship is just not the priority, like Sam said. And I think we see that a lot in in longer lasting partnerships where in the beginning, it feels like it's the beginning and ending of everything, you know, it's this romantic connection. And then like, you know, after 20 years of that, <laughs> you're like, I want to go play pickleball with my girlfriends, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That's real. I do want to play pickleball with my girlfriends. That's that sounds me great. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just, and it, I'm not just trying to paint like a senior citizen picture here, even though it is like the fastest growing sport in America, predominantly played by 55 and up communities. <laughs> it's um, also... So much fun. I love it. So much fun. Remember pickleball was like one of my blind dates once? I do. I go to Florida once and I come home and and I'm like, pickleball. Anyway. uh, Yeah. I mean, I think I appreciate the story because it like it offers a reminder that relationships do have ebbs and flows and that like even relationships that we might look at as being like really healthy and wonderful have times when it doesn't quite work in the way that we want to. Um, and it's a good reminder for us to like, not idealize other people's relationships, right? Like how many, yeah, totally. 
how many celebrity couples have we been devastated by when they broke up? And it's because like, we don't actually know anything about what's going on for them. And like, Mm -hmm. we never will because we're not in that relationship. So yeah, totally profound, profound story from Willow. So tell her, thank you for sharing that with us. (laughs) I don't know if she consented or if you're just doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Willy nilly. That's what I call her. <laughs> Great. Love All right. It. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> let's get into today's letter. Uh, it is from Z, just Z, whose pronouns are she, her, who's writing to us from the blocked zone. Hi, Sierra, Sam, Spencer, and all the lovely family. Thank you so much for all of the head and heart work you have taught me to do. I've been listening since 2019, and I'm so grateful that I have your lovely voices in my head every week. I'm writing to you because I have been black, black, blacked. For context, I, 25 female, have been dating my partner, 26, any pronouns, X, for a year and a half now. We met while working at the same place, a summer contract where we both love and have returned to several summers in a row. We are in a long distance, non-monogamous relationship and they are poly. They have been dating their fiance, not going to get married, but they liked the gesture, 25 non-binary T for six years. Since I am the new girlfriend, I took a lot of time to make sure that T was comfortable with me dating X as to not overstep any boundaries. It went really well the first year. T started a group chat with the three of us on Snapchat, Facebook Messenger, and would even DM me on Insta. We were spending birthdays together, Thanksgiving, New Year's, all having sleepovers since we are long distance. I thought everything was progressing well, and they were comfortable with having me around and having a shared person. That is until about a year in, I found out that T is bothered by how my and ex's relationship started and doesn't like that our anniversary is the day we first hooked up. That is not the reason that the date is our anniversary. We had a very lovely date and awkward flirting because I'm a baby gay and can't tell when people have crushes on me. Not to mention X is demisexual and was very much interested before we started going on little dates. Because of T's discomfort, X asked if we could change our anniversary date to a different day. This made me feel like I was being slut shamed by my metamor. I said it was okay, and now we just don't celebrate any anniversary because it now makes me uncomfortable. Fast forward to only a few weeks past our, quote, anniversary date, and I get a notification from Facebook that T has left our group chat, followed by removing me as a friend on Facebook, unfollowing and blocking me on Instagram, and removing me from Snapchat. It felt really out of the blue for me and hurt and shocked me. I asked X about it and asked if I did anything wrong. And they said something along the lines of, no, they just do this sometimes. It happens to everyone. This really bugged me. It has been six months since that incident and no one has brought it up. X says that T struggles with their mental health and knows that this is a contributing factor to blocking me, but that makes me feel like I am not allowed to confront T about it because if I do, then I am harming their mental health. I guess my question is, what do I do? How do I move past this block, block, block when it was someone who is my metamor? I wish I could go to X about this But if I do, I feel like I will sound like I'm nagging them to force T to add me back to get me to stop complaining. Any advice you may have would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Z. 
All right, Z, thank you so much for writing to us, for asking us this question. Um, <clears throat> you know, we talk about the block, block, block on this podcast a lot because uh, it can be a really helpful and effective tool um, to help us, you know, put distance between us and somebody who's, you know, constant presence in our lives uh, isn't helping us heal. Um, and we have often also talked about what it feels like to be the one who is blocked <laughs> in this situation. Yeah, awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really not great. It doesn't feel good uh, in lots of different ways. Um, and I appreciate that you are really trying to think about how to navigate this in a way that is understanding of what um, T is going through with their mental health. Um, also understanding that, you know, X is in a space kind of between you two. But also, I think it's really reasonable for you to be like, this doesn't feel like a super tenable option, given that we are metamors and are going to need to be in continued relationship with each other, given the fact that we are both uh, with X at this point. So it's a complicated situation and it's a shitty one. And I'm sorry that you're in this pickle. Um, so you're not going to offer you some uh, comfort and some advice. Uh, but first, we're going to take a short break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. 
You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this letter. I agree with Sam. You know, this is a... You know, this really challenges our ego to be blocked, you know, and especially if you're somebody who has anxiety around, you know, people pleasing or disappointing people, it would just, I would just turn the house upside down if I felt like somebody that I, somebody that I was in an active relationship with, meaning like somebody who was actively in my life in one way or another chose to like not have access to me or like block me out in that way it's very challenging sam mm -hmm. and i believe in the black 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 i believe in the black 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 and i'm and i'm gonna offer you like a perspective on maybe like a more palatable perspective on why uh, t needed to block you but that doesn't mean it doesn't like hurt you know it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it d isn't difficult to process through um and this is extra complicated because like i said you are still in their life whether peripheral peripherally or not you know mm -hmm. um i you know full disclosure i have never been in a polycule or had a another metamor to negotiate with um so i'm not sure if there are you know rules of engagement within that community that would disagree with what i'm about to say and i encourage you to seek those those resources out um but I imagine that it must be really complicated to be connected to X who is connected to T who doesn't want to speak with you. Um, I, I want to say first a reason why I think or like a, a possible reframing that will help you move through the fact that T blocked you. Um, I don't know T. I don't know what anything about them outside of the small details that you shared. I don't know what their mental health is like, but I know that when I have blocked people in the past or muted their stories or, you know, t turned them on silent on my phone or whatever, when I have put road bumps between me and being triggered by them or angered by them or whatever it is, you know, 
Um, it has been truly because I want to be a better person. It is often not because I just like hate that person or despise them or or whatever. It is because I, I have in the past, I have blocked or muted people because the feelings that come up when I see them passively or or whatever really trigger my most unhealed self is the way I think about it, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then I'm having feelings of jealousy and anger and judgment. You know, I'm, I'm all my wounds are screaming out like, Oh, well they're, you know, let me judge them to, to reveal that unhealed part of me, you know? And I have, I have blocked people or muted them because I wanted to put distance between that sort of unhealthy, not emotionally mature reaction that I'm having. I wanted to put some some space between that and my and my more emotionally mature responses. I don't know what T is doing and what tools they're using and what triggers they have. And I don't know what's going on there. But a way that I would look at this is maybe, you know, Maybe they are being challenged in their relationship. They're feeling insecure. They're feeling jealous and they need to put some space between those feelings and their everyday life so that their best, most emotionally mature self can show up. That is the way that I would in interpret this knowing literally nothing about their everyday <laughs> life. How about that? <laughs> I love that. Yes. Thank uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Sierra is right that like it sounds like um, T is really trying to like figure out what's going on with them and how they can like be in this uh, relationship with with X while X is also with you. And like I have a lot of compassion for the idea that that might be challenging for somebody who, um, you know, may or may not be like super practiced in what it needs to be in a poly relationship with someone. Um, and, you know, there's lots of different ways that poly relationships can show up, right? It can be that you and T don't talk at all. And that's like a possibility. I think the issue for me here is that like you, it seems like you are all kind of operating under one set of sort of understanding of what this relationship was going to look like. And then suddenly it, completely changed and it feels like you didn't consent to that change right and like you don't necessarily get to consent to that change but i can i am understanding why you're so frustrated and confused by this behavior and like it sounds like you feel like you can't really talk to x about it which makes everything even that much more complicated because then you're like alone with no one to talk to and i think it's actually really important for you to have some conversations with x about how this is affecting you as x's partner and i think that you all need to have some conversation around like what the actual terms of this poly relationship are for both of you what is like what are you all consenting to and agreeing to in relationship with each other because it sounds like you all just kind of assumed that it was going to go one way and now it's going a really different way but we know that in lots of different relationships and lots of different iterations right like there's um if we don't actually talk about what we are expecting of ourselves and each other in relationship like that's when things get really crunchy because it's like 
oh, I was expecting, I really want to be part of a poly relationship where the metamors are like good friends and are in contact with each other. And T is saying like, actually, I don't want to contact you at all. Like I will be there. It will both be at the hospital if something happens to X, but besides that, like we're not talking, <laughs> right? Like, and those are both reasonable ways to approach poly relationships, right? Like, cool, great. But, but you all need to, to figure out what that's going to look like for you all. And you need to be able to talk to X about how, how T's behavior is impacting you, because I think it's important for them to, as the sort of focus point of these relationships, to have some understanding and to be able to advocate for both of you and what the actual terms of this relationship are going to be, right? Like, and that's hard. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, these types of conversations aren't easy. Um, they're not easy in any relationship. And they're also definitely not easy in relationships with mental health and with jealousy and with, like, all of the long distance, right? Like, all of these different sort of, like, compounding factors that that make this type of communication, like, all the more important as well. So... I, I want you to be able to talk to X about this and I want you to to be really curious with yourself about like what kind of poly relationship you're looking for and whether or not the parameters that are happening in this one work for you as somebody who is an equal player in this relationship, right? Like I know that they were together before you came in, but you are also in relationship with X and deserve to decide what some of your expectations of that relationship look like. Yeah, I totally agree um, that it's almost like we have to you have to carve out the parameters, you know, mm -hmm. um, what are the boundaries? Because it felt good in the beginning to have this open dialogue, open boundaries. Right. And then something didn't doesn't feel good to T anymore. So there has to be a discussion. I do want to point out that in the letter, you use the word confront when you say, like, am I not allowed to confront T because if I do, then I'm harming their mental health. I would just, um, you know, move cautiously around this because T, you know, I'm I'm a proponent of respecting the black <laughs> number yeah. first and foremost. Um, yep. And um, and I also think that. It, because you are in relationship with X, I do think that something will fall on X as that middle person to 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 sort of facilitate or mediate a larger conversation about what is this polycules dynamic? You know, what are the boundaries? What are the parameters of our communication? I don't I, I hesitate to say it's like X's responsibility, but I just want to put that out there that like, we're not confronting T about why they've chosen to not engage with you when they are not in active romantic relationship with you. And I know that's complicated and I know it's a lot more nuanced than what I'm saying right there, but I just wanted to like, mm -hmm. again, I guess I, how about this? I just want to reframe the word confront to um, determine within your polycule within the three of you however is the healthiest most you know mediated way determine what those parameters are um yes because yep. you you all entered this with this open you know field <laughs> and now there's yep. barricades being put up and we have to we have to know where they're coming from and when are they going to be taken down um, Absolutely. and sam while we were prepping for this episode you had a great example about like complaining about somebody's mother <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like oh this is like when you complain to your partner about 
their their mother right where it's like you don't actually have any control over like what the mother does and also like your partner doesn't really have any control about what the partner does or the mother does but it is also like you got you have to or you can present sort of a united understanding of like okay so how are we handling this situation together right as somebody who's like on the outside of this relationship right like how do i how do you and i decide how we're going to move forward with this person who is also in relationship with you but in a different way right like because there's there's not a line between you and the mother-in-law right it becomes more complicated but and it's this i similar i'm not going to say the same but it's like similar in this right where it's like it's hard to it's hard if if you can have no contact with T, it's hard for you two to figure out the parameters of how you two are going to interact with each other, which means that X has to play a different role in this. Right. Like X has to figure yeah, out yeah. what it means for them to sit in the center of this. And like that's their responsibility as sort of the the fulcrum of this this poly relationship. Right. Like and that's difficult. And, and I think that X also needs to kind of step up in it because like. No offense to T, but like you get to decide when your anniversary is like T doesn't like I like Mm. the whole block, block, block thing is like, yes, okay, I can understand that. But like the the idea that like T has decided that your anniversary that you have decided is important to you doesn't count or is like bad is not is not T's business. (laughs) Like Mm. T can go figure that out on their own. And you and X should be celebrating your damn anniversary whenever you want to celebrate it. Like I. See, and that's where I'm getting into the like, this is why I I really want X to step up as the person in this to be able to understand that like there need to be more rules and boundaries around like how T is is able to reflect on your relationship, able to come. Yeah, absolutely. And like what sort of communication you and T can expect from each other if T is refusing to talk to you and is blocking you on all of the things. So yes, totally. And the mother-in-law metaphor was originally brought up because we were saying it is absolutely okay for you to talk to X about how this is challenging for you because we have a, you know, because they're your partner because they're in it with you, (laughs) you know? Um, And that might be emotionally nuanced for that, for your partner. And also that's what they're signing up for. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. All right, my sweet. I hope that this helps. Um, I know that you're in a tricky position, but I know that we can lean into that discomfort and do things differently. Uh, and we love you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We hope that this helps. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music and remember... 
man, it is uncomfortable to admit this, but not all people are for us and we are not for Mm. all people. Someone else's perception of us, the story that they tell themselves about us doesn't have to be true to us. We don't even have to defend it or acknowledge it if, if it's not hurting our everyday life. People will perceive us differently than we perceive ourselves. And that's okay. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>